Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. I've been struggling with some stuff lately, and uh, I want you to pray for me. Um, I've never took notes before, but I felt like I was doing an injustice to the call that was put on me one night, and um, I get up and I let my flesh get nervous, and and I let the devil win, and I feel like God shows me things a lot of times, and and when I get nervous, I forget them, and I try to hurry through things, and I don't want to do that. I don't want to be in a hurry on God's business. Uh, I don't want to get in my way, but I don't want to get in His way either. Um, I ask you to pray for me that God will just loose me and let me go. That's what I've been praying for. I can't get that off of me. That you'll just loose me and let me go. Uh, we're going to preach out of John chapter 5. I think it's pretty well fitting for tonight. Uh, I didn't... It didn't take much longer after Tommy called me that this message got on my heart and, and I started thinking about it and, and and it's just kind of stuck with me. But we're going to read a little bit and I'm, I'm trying not to let this get in my way, but I'm not trying not to let the flesh get in my way either. Uh, but we'll read a little bit and then we'll we'll jump down and keep going. But we're going to read John chapter five, verse one through eight to start, and then we can sit down and and we'll just go from there. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. And in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. And when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The the impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. We'll stop right there. Uh, You can be seated. Uh, I started thinking on this, and and I thought about the pool and the water and what it represented. But I started started looking at it, and and I thought, How long have we laid? In our own sins and in our own sicknesses and our own sin is a sickness that takes a hold of us. And and I started thinking about how long that man laid there and he laid 38 years and and couldn't get to the pool. But I started thinking of myself and I laid in sin and sickness for 30 years, laying by the pool. See, I'd been to church my whole life. That girl said Jesus has been with her the whole way. My whole life he's known who I was. And he was calling on me and he was asking me why I was wouldn't talk to him. Why well, wouldn't get serious with him? The pool was there. See, I was in it. I was in church every day of my life. My dad drug me all over the country, and I've been in the pool. But the pool wasn't troubled for me. Yeah, and see, right. I got to a point Amen. where. 
I got to the point where I couldn't feel him anymore and I, and I didn't know what was going on and it scared me a little bit. But I, I realized that the pool had nothing for me because he wasn't dealing with me. I, the, the healer hadn't came by yet. The healer didn't walk into my life. So I was sitting in a pool that meant nothing to me at the time. And I thought of how what, what that meant for me to be sitting in a pool that was meant to heal. And I was lost. I was undone. And I thought about how that pool gave me false hope. How I thought that maybe if I just kept coming, then something would work itself out. I sat by a pool and had false hope my whole life, not able to get myself into the water, see? I couldn't do it for myself. I couldn't get myself into the water. Nobody ever come by and could pick me up and set me in the water. And I kept praying and said, Lord, what's wrong with me? Lord, have you forsaken me? Lord, am I going to die lost? What's going on? And I thought of that pool and how pretty it was. It paints a pretty picture, but if if God's not in it, the pool's just a puddle of water. That's all it is. But I started thinking on that and I thought, but when the healer came by, that night when the healer came by and he spoke to me, I didn't have to do anything. See, he done it for me. He all he said was, get up, son, it's your time. I stepped one time and I was I was I was healed. Healed. Yeah. That quick. A lot of people come and say, Oh, you gotta come to the altar, you gotta do this. I had that big boy right there sitting beside me and it scared me to death. I said, I can't get out of here, but the minute I stood up, I surrendered. And it was like Jesus carried me. Set me down in the pool and he said, Son, you're forever healed. You're forever in my arms for the rest of your life. And I started when I read into this and I thought about that man laying there year after year, 38 years laying there looking at everybody and he's starting to say, I don't like that one. I don't like that one. They're putting them up in front of me. Nobody cares for me. It ain't about those people. Can I say that? That I, I know a lot of people, I've been in church and I got scared when I was lost. I wouldn't go to any other church because I knew that I wasn't going to be comfortable and I thought, no, I ain't doing it. But can I say the morning that my dad walked into Harmony Baptist Church, he called me and said, you want to go with me? And somebody inside of me and said, yeah, I'll go with you. My wife even looked at me and said, you're going? I said, yeah, I'm going. He don't need to go by himself. My dad's been everywhere by himself. Somebody was already working on me. It took two months. took two months of working Amen. on me and I got saved. But then I started thinking of, uh, and when you read on down and it says, Wilt thou be made whole? That's a question that we have to we have to consider. And I think tonight that God's calling. I think for the last week He's been calling. He's saying, Wilt thou be made whole? And if you've got something that's in your life, He's saying, Wilt thou be made whole? And he's, then He looks at him, and this was the best part of it all to me. I started looking at it, and He said, Take up thy bed and walk. And I started reading into what that meant. And you know what that means? That means you're not coming back here anymore. That means you don't have to come back to this pool anymore. The day I got saved, I never have to come back to the pool. The pool's in me now. The pool has covered me. And I thought about how good that is that if somebody comes sick and, he, and the Lord's calling saying, Wilt thou be made whole tonight? If you're, if you're needing a, whole, a healing inside, whether it be spiritual, whether it be sick, the healer's in the house. He's been moving. I've watched him. I know he's here. I've cried all day. I got to church this morning. I cried through everything I've done. I got here and boy, we started singing. I thought, man alive, I don't know how much of this I can take. But I thought about, take up thy bed and walk. How good that must have felt to be laying there all them years 
the day I got saved, there was nothing like it. The day that he looked at me and said, son, take up your bed and get out of that mess. You're never coming back here anymore. That was the burden that that just lifted off of me. My bed never felt so good in my life. I just carried it around with pride. Uh, That man, I believe, he looked at me and said, what do you mean take up my bed and walk? I ain't walked in 38 years. What do you mean take up my bed? He had made that his home. See, he was laying at the pool. He wanted it. But then the healer came by. When the healer came by, he said, take up thy bed and walk. You know what he done? I believe he rolled her up. He said, I don't know what this is going to mean, but I'm taking this and I'm leaving. Now I want to get to John 5 through 14. Or no, John, sorry, John 5 verse... Uh, verse 9 it says and immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked and on the same day was the Sabbath the Jews therefore said unto him that was cured it is the Sabbath day it is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed he answered them he that made me whole the same said unto me take up thy bed and walk then asked they him what man is that which said unto thee take up thy bed and walk and, and the best part about salvation is when he told me to take up my bed and walk, it doesn't matter what anybody says to me. doesn't matter what anybody says to me. That's encouraging to me to know that in the Bible, a man was healed from something that he had battled for his whole life. And in one moment, the world looked at him and said, you ain't doing it right. Yeah, yeah. I've been there. Yeah. You know what the devil tells me every time I step up behind this place? It's sacred. And it scares me in itself. But the devil says, son, you ain't doing it right. Son, you need to figure this out. You need to do this. And I battle with that. But I've got somebody that's a little bit bigger than that. He said, take up your bed and walk. And I, but I thought about how true that is. I saw a little girl get saved in the revival, 12 years old. She came to me that night and she said, can I ask you a question? I said, what? And she said, I've heard my whole life the devil's going to fight with all he's got. She said, can you tell me what that means? I said, mom and dad can be used as much as anybody. We can hinder a Christian as much as anybody. The Jews were God's chosen people. They said, you ain't doing it right. How many times... Have I been that to somebody? How many times have I looked at somebody and said, You ain't doing it right. You you don't belong here. You're not not my kind. We're bad about that when it comes to religion and the title on the the church door. But then it says, um, Then asked they him, What man is this? Is that which said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed wist not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away. In a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto, unto thee. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. And and what I, what I got out of that was the next place he saw him was the temple. Us as Christians have forsaken God's house. If I was made whole, August 31st, 2014, I desire the temple. And I know that the temple is inside of me. But this is a sacred place that God has given us 
that you can come in here in like-minded people. And if we get our hearts right, we can feel Amen. the presence of God start Amen. moving. And we can see things happen in people's yeah. life. The pool of Bethesda was a special place when the angel came down. Any other time, it was nothing. When we leave here on a Sunday night, this is just a building That's to a right. lot of people. But when I come into it, Amen. see, He comes with me. Amen. He comes with Amen. me. And then He starts dwelling amongst the praises yeah. of His people. And I thought of how many people have forgotten that they were made whole one day. First place he found him was the temple. It didn't say he went down to the store and he went here and he went there. It said the first place he saw him again was the temple. Worshiping the God that made him whole. 38 years made him whole. Then he said, uh, he said, sin no more unless worse things come unto thee. Tommy preached on this the other night about uh, eternal salvation and how good that is and how sweet that is to know that I can't mess it up, that He's going to keep me no matter what I do. He's going to keep me. And the day that comes, I get to walk in the gate and I get to look at Him and say, Lord, I'm undeserving. Lord, I don't belong here. Lord, how did You get me here? And He's going to say something because I dropped a little drop of blood on You one day and You're going to make it. But He said, go and sin no more. Right. My soul longs for me to find perfection. It's not an excuse for me to go out here. The world now, there's churches across... There's churches on the wall. I'm not going to say it's a church, but there's churches across this country and across this county that are telling people, if you come up here and sign this card while you're young, you can go out and do and sow your wild oats. That's a lie from the devil. That eternal salvation ain't meant to be an excuse for me to go out and sin. It's an an escape route for me that He gave me one day that when I do sin, I have an advocate to the Father that I am supposed to go to and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I messed up. I need to get out of this mess. But instead, there's churches teaching you that as long as you do it when you're young, go live your life. Go have fun. Go have your ways. You'll come back. You'll come back. That's a lie. Yeah. Tell, teach your kids the truth. Teach your kids. We've had a hard time this week in revival. And my kids, I've got two babies and they're waking up early for us to take the other ones to school. They're up to at least 10.30 every night because the Lord's staying in service until 10 o'clock at night. And it's been hard. It's been a challenge. But I can't get past the fact of the blessing that's coming. I keep thinking of how good God was. And I read this and I started thinking about how that day, that guy's had a hard time for 38 years. He's been crawling. I believe he's I believe he's still crawling to that pool saying, please let me be the first one in there. I need this off of me. And then Jesus showed up. Made it all better. My kids, my kids have had a hard week. My wife's had a hard week. I've got a boy in our church that gets up at 4 o'clock every morning and goes to work. He's been there every night except one, and that's because their baby was sick and he let his wife come. I told him today, I said, you got something coming for that. There's something coming for that. When this guy walked into the temple, he had something coming. You know what it was like for him to have the healer heal him and then walk up and look him in the face and he go, you're made whole. Yeah. To come to that realization with Jesus standing there saying, what do you think about that? The joy that probably overflowed right there. But the world is going to attack us in every way possible. 
They're going, to, they're going to beat us down. These, this new age church is going to beat our churches down because we're preaching a blood-bought salvation. There's nowhere in this Bible that it says it wasn't covered by the blood. It says that's the only way. Even into the Old Testament, it took blood for anything, anybody to go to the throne room. And then he come out and he said, I'll give mine. I think of these curtains right here. There was a day that they were closed. And then all of a sudden, the Jesus went to the cross. Yeah. He hung on them and that bloodshed come down. And that curtain rolled back. And He said, you don't have to bring your goats anymore. You don't have to bring your sheep anymore. You don't have to worry about it anymore. The, uh, the Old Testament people, they had to do it every year, see? Every year they knew it was coming. And I bet that month before then they were sitting there going... Man, I don't know if this goat's good enough for what I've done. I don't know if this lamb's going to cover what yeah. I've done. But yeah. then there's a lamb that come one time. He right. come walking up a hill. He hung on a cross for me. Yeah. And he looked at me. He said, son, you don't have to worry about being good enough yeah. anymore. It ain't about you and your goodness anymore. Yeah. I'm as filthy rags at the best of me. I'm filthy and covered right. in it. But he said, it ain't about you anymore. I've got something better than that. And he took it. I believe it was just one drop. I believe just one drop all it took. He just dropped it right on my head. I think of the anointing that took place right here and how we represent anointing with oil. And he takes, you put it on your finger. And I see a lot of men put it on your forehead right there. And I think of the day that I bowed down before him. And he just took that drop and he laid it on me. And he said, son, that's enough to cover the world. And boy, I, I just, I love him tonight. Yeah, I, I love what he's done. I love what he's doing. I thought of, the, of how they've healed in this, in this little screen right here and I thought of the healing that we're watching yeah. take place our country can be healed Amen. our country there's Amen. a pool that is troubled right. there's a yeah. pool that's being troubled by God fearing little churches like us that, are, that we're troubling people's water see we've been opening the windows we opened the windows again this morning look we was up and they started singing there's a little girl walked over and started opening windows we're opening windows because we got a neighborhood around us that's troubled. They need some help. Yeah, Zach said last night, he said he went over there and said she was drinking a beer. And said, next thing you know, she started pouring it out. He said, what are you doing? She said, oh, I feel bad. I feel guilty. And she, he said, well, that's, you're an adult. Why do you feel guilty? She said, because they're about to start having church. I, don't, I can't imagine the amount of beers that girl's drunk while we've been in church. But see... The water's getting troubled. The healer showed up, see? I told him this morning, I said, maybe I said, maybe we've got our heart right. I said, we've been sitting here for all, a little over a year, and we ain't seen any of them people saved. I said, but guess what? We started praying. We got serious and we started praying. Now, all of a sudden, beer don't taste like it used to. What do you think it tastes like? I know what it tastes like. My wife said, how do you know, you know, when you go back into sin, what happens to that? And I said, here's the thing. I like to drink before I got saved. And my local, my local brewery was up there in downtown Maryville. You can see me there every weekend on Friday and Saturday night. That was my place. You know what I do when I think of, wonder what a beard tastes like. Hey, something inside of me says, you take one sip and watch you puke your guts up. You watch you puke your guts up. I took you out of that mess and you don't belong in it anymore. See, he come by and he done a healing on me. And that ain't my mess to get back into anymore. He looked at me and he said, you was drunk last night. Take up your bed and walk. I walked out of that place. Why? Not because of anything I done. Because if it was up to me, I'd be right back in it. I'd be right back in that mess. Because at that time, I liked it. Yep. That was fun to me. That was my mess. Yep. 
And I thought it wasn't a mess. I thought I had it all together. And then he dealt with me one Sunday morning. He, the healer came by. The waters got troubled. The lady started singing a song that I'd heard my whole life. said, do you know how it feels? And all of a sudden, my water got troubled. I said, wait a minute. This pool ain't never felt like that before. The healer came by. I have a new walk now. My bed don't belong in that mess anymore. My bed belongs at the mercy seat. That's where I want to keep it. That's a special place to me now. Used to. I thought that was a joke. Then the healer came by. I believe the healer's here tonight. I know there's trouble. I've, I've heard it. I've talked about it with people. I know there's trouble. But the healer, he's here. And I ain't talking just physical. That little lady blessed my heart the other night. She laid her cigarettes on the altar and she got up the two nights later and said, I gotta be honest, I ain't quite quit yet. But he can do it. He can do it. Honey, I'm the same way. If you set a beer in front of me without him, I'd drink it, I'd drink it just as quick as you'll smoke another one, I I guarantee you. But he can do it. He took me out of that mess because he looked at me and said, you don't belong in it anymore. He made something new out of something dirty, something nasty. My flesh is a terrible excuse for a Christian, but what's inside of me was covered one day. And he said, that's mine. The inside of me cannot sin and does not like it. The outside of me is the part that fights every day. And one day when this falls away, when this falls away, I'm going to find out what redemption's like. I'm, I think I've got it good here. This morning we had a great service. Tonight we've had a great service. And I think this is good. One day this is going to be out of the way. I told you to pray for me that the devil fights me in every way he can when I get up here. I look at the the preachers that are around me and the pastors that are around me and I couldn't tie their shoes. And then the devil says, look at that. You think you can handle that? Lord, no, I don't. But it's coming. I'm scared to death. I'll tell you it's this and I'll sit down and shut up. I'll try to shut up. I am scared to death. The day that I laid on that altar and got up and announced my call to preach, I have a love for my church that I have never had before. And don't get me wrong, I loved my church. But there was times that it got ugly and it got bad and it got dark. And I said, maybe I need to get out of here. I couldn't imagine leaving that place right now. I've got a love for my church that I can't explain. And you know what that does? That scares me to death. That scares me to death. I've said, I've said for years when I was lost, I said I'd never sit under my dad to save my life. I'd never sit under my dad. Now I can't get away from him. I can't get away from him. But there's something in my heart that says one day you might be standing right where he's at and it scares me to death because I know that I'm not fit to tie his shoes. And to think that I stand behind the same pulpit, that's my spiritual mentor right there. If anybody wants to ever know, I've got about four men in my life and every one of them have a place and he's my spiritual mentor. Because we go into revival and that man gets into a place that I can't, I don't understand how he gets there. and I, But I want to. But I want to. That's why he's my mentor. See, it's not it's not him. But it's what I know he's got on the inside that's bared witness with me. And it's showed me, man, if you can get right there where he can humble himself down, me and you work together. That's my spiritual mentor. And it's an honor. It's an honor for me for him to call me and say, will you come preach? Will you come down to the church and preach for me? And the minute I hang the phone up, I'm like, what in the world is he calling me for? Why in the world does he see fit to be calling me? 
But that, that's an honor for me. But one day, unless God changes His mind and changes my direction, I'm scared to death that I'll be pastoring that little church over there. Scared to death. Talked to him about it the other night. I said, I can't imagine. I said, I can't. There ain't no way I can follow that man. My dad's got faults like everybody else, but boy, you want somebody to get serious about the Lord. I can go to him and he'll get serious about the Lord. And and I thought, boy, how am I going to follow something like that? I can't follow something like that. You know what that is? I took these notes tonight and and the devil fought me every word I wrote. And and then I started praying about it. The devil fought me every time I said a word to the Lord. The devil's going to fight me every day for the rest of my life. I've come to that conclusion. But I've got somebody that says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And when he picks on this flesh and he starts tearing me down, tearing my mind down, see, that's his playground. He gets up there and tries to tear me down. Say, you can't do this. If I don't have a message when I wake up in the morning, he says, look, you don't even have a message. How are you going to preach? I've come to the conclusion that's going to happen every day the rest of my life. But I can't do that. I can't, I'm not deserving to get up here and stand behind the pulpit. But I'm so grateful, so grateful. Never thought I'd be so grateful that one night sitting in the Lord's house, the minute I sat down, I started crying. I thought, somebody said, what's wrong with you? I said, I don't know. I lied to them. Can you believe that? A Christian lied. Sitting on the second pew of the church and said, I don't know. I don't know, just leave me alone. And the whole time knowing what I had to do. And I hit that altar, and the minute I got up, there was a, a humbling that come over me that I'm so grateful for. To think that all the, the filthiness that I've been in, the way that I've let him down. I told you guys the last time I run for three and a half years, and the way that I let him down and to know that he'd still come back knocking right. again That's and right. say, son, I called you already. I'm not going to let you stop. Amen. I'm not going to let you walk Amen. away from this calling. I can't do it. But he can. That's right. That's right. I couldn't have went to the altar that night. The day I got saved, I couldn't have went to the altar. Because my flesh had a hold of that bitch in front of me. My heart was beating out of my chest and I said, I ain't moving. I ain't going anywhere. I ain't going to let go of this thing. This life I've got it under control and it doesn't go anywhere besides right here. And I looked over and seen that big boy's shoe and I said, right there's the reason I'm not leaving. And all of a sudden, I stood up. I said, I got to go. I think that's the only thing I said. I said, I got to get out of here. I walked, I stepped out in that pew. It was the best step I ever took in my life. And then he let me take one more. <laughs> Called me to preach. How in the world did he find fit for a guy that fought him tooth and nail the whole way to look at him and say, Son, I can use you too. If he can use a donkey, I'll just let him use me. Yeah. But he's here tonight. Amen. And if anybody is troubled, it seems like that's the going theme for the last week. If you've got trouble... He's here. He's here. He can help you. The water's already troubled. Yeah. It ain't just an empty pool anymore. He's moving. Yeah. And it's up to you. That's right. You can lay by the pool and you can blame it on everybody else all you want. But then if you get up and take up thy bed and walk, he's waiting. Yeah. Yeah. And I thank you for your attention. I think I'm
tickled to death to be here. Glad I got to be a part of it. Amen. Praise the Lord.